Welcome to TTM Cast One on One with Jeff Baker. Every Wednesday, we'll bring one on one interviews with hobby professionals, former athletes, authors, and collectors. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by gemrate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit gemrate.com. It's free. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody. It is March 15th. Is that the Ides of March, Drew? I think so, yeah. I think it is. I think so, too. I think it's the Ides of March. Uh, you are listening to TTM Cast One-on-One, which is our special Wednesday show. We do a new show every Wednesday featuring around an interview, one of our great TTM Cast interviews. This week, we had the uh, opportunity to interview Kanal Chopra, who is the CEO of Beckett. He's been in with Beckett for almost uh, 10 months, just about a year. We're going to talk to Kanal about his time at Beckett, all the exciting cool things that are happening, including they have a new corporate headquarters in your neck of the woods. Have you seen it, Drew? I've been outside it. I've been a little bit inside it there when I had to go and pick some stuff up, but no, uh, no deep tours or anything like that yet. Well, he gave me kind of a virtual tour while I was interviewing him, so it looks kind of cool. We might have to make a trip to Dallas and and, and go to some of those cool restaurants, Drew, that you always oh, recommend at, on TTM Cast uh, stamp of approval, and and go check out Beckett, and maybe go check out a Ranger game, and you can take me to a Frisco game. I don't know. We, I think I can. I, the finagle a Dallas trip in there one of these days. What do you think? Yeah, definitely think so. That's got to happen. Well, I just I just pur- I just purchased um three t- three sets of tickets for the Fisher Cats, and nice. we're gonna we're gonna buy some, a couple of tickets for the Woo Sox. So, so spread, we're getting ready with baseball right around the corner. The yep. WBC has been going on. Have you been watching any of the WBC? Yeah, I've watched a few games uh, here and there whenever I can catch them. It's been pretty entertaining. Well, that great voice you hear on the other end—that's my buddy. That's my friend. The the best pipes in the business i'm talking of course about drew pelto dfwgrapher.com he posts on youtube all the time he posts all sorts of stuff on twitter and he's just he's just a man he's like he's a content guy and he's 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 a writer he wrote a great article i hope you check that out on sportscollectorsdaily.com he is the man Drew Pelto from Dallas, Texas. My name is Jeff Baker. I usually talk to you from Boston, Massachusetts, but today I am in Florida. I'm still my last day in Florida. We went to see uh, three spring training games and three practices. It was very great, very uh, good time. I don't. I think I only saw one game that actually didn't end in a tie. Drew. Oh wow! <laughs> spring training, no bonus baseball. They that nine innings, it's done. Doesn't matter. So. The Red Sox and Yankees I saw on uh, Sunday, and they I saw that at um, JetBlue Park, which is the Red Sox training camp, and that was tie, went in a three-three tie. Uh, no autographs that day, Drew. The, the Red Sox had a split squad that day, so was- half the the squad was gone, and the other half was just not. They, they didn't they didn't sign. There was no guys signing there. At at eleven o'clock, they had an inter inter squad uh, minor league game. They closed the practice field. They kicked everyone out. Jeez, it was brutal, and no one was signing. Like the Yankees were not signing at the stadium. It was just, it was, it was the, it was the worst of all the days I've been in spring training in terms of autographs. That was the the biggest downer. The game was pretty good. I got to see Marcelo Meyer. 
and oh, uh, that was kind of cool. And I got to see, uh, know who's the real guy, the real deal is that Anthony Volpe guy from oh, yeah? Yankees, a shortstop. He is the real deal. He had a home run. He, he can field. He he started. He actually bat lead off. He was good. And then I saw uh, Jason Dominguez, which right. is kind of cool. He yeah. didn't do he didn't do much. Uh, Marcel Meyer didn't do much. He played the last like two or three innings. I don't think he had a hit. And Jason Dominguez played the last couple innings. He didn't have a hit. But um, it was kind of cool. You know, the, the game was good. Yeah, that's good at least. I mean, I'm not too surprised about the uh, non-signing, especially out of the Yankees. I mean, Yankees prospects start getting hit hard when they're in a ball. I mean, Volpe has really, I mean, you've seen his signature. I'm sure you've seen how much that's changed since he started. Yep. Dominguez gets mobbed everywhere. I mean, teams are shutting down autographs at stadiums just as soon as he gets there, it seems like. So, yep, not too, uh, not too shocked by that one. On the flip side of the coin, I went to the Twins game. We saw I saw the Twins and Red Sox on Friday on Saturday, and I saw the uh, Twins and Pirates today, which would be Tuesday the fourteenth. And uh, it was great. The, all those guys were all, the guys were awesome. I got Buxton both days. Uh, Joe Ryan was signing all over the place. He was a good signer. Uh, I got Joey Gallo today. I got to speak to Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo and I was talking for a little while. And uh, I told him, I said, Joey, I'm thinking about drafting you for my fantasy team. He goes, don't do it. Don't take me for your fantasy team. (laughs) So, guys, if you're thinking of taking Joey Gallo for your fantasy team, he's talking everyone down. He said, don't do it. And I I actually had, I I I spoke with Tony Oliva for a good 15, 20 minutes. Wow. Him and I were just sitting there at, uh, near the batting cage. He was watching um, with, um, Michael A. Uh, what's his name? The the guy that got from the tw- uh, Royals, the outfielder. Oh, geez. Trying to think who it was. I can't think of his name. Yeah. Last name. Mike, Mike Taylor. Michael A. Taylor. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Taylor. So, okay. so he was watching him hit, and he was watching Gallo hit. And hit, uh, Tony, Tony Levy and I were just rapping, rapping about uh, playing at Fenway Park, rapping about playing. You know, he just got on the hall, rapping about some of his teammates. He was really, really a good guy. So I, good. I didn't I didn't even ask him for an autograph. I was just – I didn't have anything from the sign for one thing. But I was just talking to him. It just him and I sitting there rapping. It was, that, that was kind of – that's the kind of – cool part of spring training right you get to talk to these guys uh you know I, I spoke with joe ryan for a little while he was very very cordial uh byron buxton was talking i spoke with byron buxton for a little while i got sunny gray sunny gray was just walking by go hey sunny can i get your autograph he came right over started signing and talked with me for a little while and he signed for a bunch of people um the uh jaron durant not jaron jared durant jared duran the jaron jaron yeah. jaron duran the the twins uh, relief pitcher he was really cool. I got him. Duran, Duran. That's what it was. The other way around there, but yeah. Yeah. So uh, the I, I give the twins an A plus. They, they, that's the good. Guys are awesome. So guys, if you're you want to go to spring training and get a lot of autographs, come to Fort Myers for the twins. They are, are fabulous. They're 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 great signers. And you know what? It was they they were all um they, they were very uh, cordial. I, you know, I, uh, Max Kepler. I talked to for a couple minutes. You know, they were all okay. they all. It was it was it was a good good. Good crew. Um, I, next next time I'll bring something Tony Oliva to sign because I didn't th- I didn't even think of him. <laughs> but but it, was, it all in all it was good. I probably got I don't know ten or twelve autographs today. I, I felt like you, Drew. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so it was re- it was really cool and it wasn't that crowded, which was nice. So spring training is fun. We're gonna uh, I think we're gonna come, Drew. I think we're coming uh, either five or six weeks next year. So plan it, plan accordingly, my friend. Cool. I'll see what I can do there for that. And I mean, I really want to get out to uh, 
Arizona at some point too. Cause I mean, everything in Arizona, all the teams are so close together out there. Whereas like Florida spread out a little bit. So you're probably not gonna be able to get to every ballpark, but I've heard with Arizona, you can hit all of them in the span of like a week or two easily. Well, Joe, I, you know what? I, I, I was so excited about talking to spring training. I, 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 I jumped the, the uh, intro, the, the batting leadoff. Oh yeah. You got to do batting leadoff. What's batting leadoff? Batting leadoff is hobby happening. Let's get the show started. Leading off, we look at hobby happenings. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. All right, we'll do in, in editing, guys. We'll we'll turn that around. There you go. Yep. <laughs> well, you know what? There's a great show this weekend in Quincy, Massachusetts, at the Boston Quincy Marriott. Uh, it's March this weekend, March 18th and 19th. Only able to attend, but it's called the Northeast Sports Card Expo. Um, a lot of New England guys are going to be there, including Jeff Ridden, Scott Zolak, Jermaine Wiggins, Bobby Carpenter, Tino Santana. I know Oil Can Boyd, all sorts of guys. It's a ten dollar entrance fee. If you're in the area, check it out. Um, you know, it's March 18th and 19th this weekend. Uh, it is the Northeast Sports Card Expo at the Boston uh, at the Marriott. Uh, Boston Quincy. So make sure you check that out. It's right off of 93. If you are in the area, it's a great show and it's only $10 to for entrance fee and the cost for autographs is very affordable. So that uh, we got, we got that one out of the way. Next thing we'll, I think we'll do, we'll, we'll, you want to do big three? Yeah, let's go for the big three. The big three. Okay, your turn. The big three. That's- this week's big three is brought to you by gemrate.com. Whose cards are hot and whose cards are cold this week? Let's find out from our friends at gemrate.com. It's brought to you by our friends at gemrate. We didn't do gemrate.com. We didn't do uh, the big three last week because we were, I was traveling. I was, uh, I was flying, so we got a little jump on it. But the the big three are the three risers and three fallers and we droppers, fallers. True. that's your homework. We've got to come up with a better droppers. I don't know what, what it is, but... Singers. I'm going to visit thesaurus.com and see what they what they recommend there. Yeah, we have to come up with something. But the three big three rises from the previous week were Michael Jordan. He had a, a, a big jump, 70%. LeBron James was up 48%. And Griffey Jr. was up 48%. Not surprising, right? Three three yeah. goats, right? Three mm-hmm. goats in the hobby. And uh, there's a reason uh, Jordan was up, right, Drew? Yeah, that uh, 1991 upper deck uh, baseball insert there, that card number SP1 of him taking batting practice with the White Sox, one of the top cards graded this week saw a more than 50% increase from the week prior. So that one, for some reason, has taken a big jump. Maybe, uh, you know, baseball in everyone's mind here, WBC with uh, uh, spring training going on. So It's a great card. Do you have that card? I actually don't. I've bought a couple boxes of 91 upper deck over the years and never have been lucky enough to pull one and Never went out and bought one on my own. I kind of wish I had now because I know for a while I think it was up around $100 or so. And uh, I mean, back if you go, you know, 10 years ago, five, 10 bucks, you could easily snag one. No, I know. I got to get one because I don't have one either. Well, who were the droppers? Who were the fallers? Biggest, who were the guys biggest, that stunk? <laughs> yeah, the biggest droppers this week. I mean, one of them we expected, Mickey Mantle, a 40% drop. But we mentioned, you know, last week there that, yeah, he had that uh, whole thing, that guy that was getting all the reprints or whatever it was uh, graded. So, 
Big 40% drop from Mantle, totally expected though. Uh, Jalen Green, also a 3% drop. And then finally, the biggest drops were actually increases, which is kind of weird to say there, but Cade Cunningham, only a 1% increase makes him the third biggest drop of the week. And the fourth biggest drop of the week, Justin Fields at a 2% increase. So a little bit of an oddity there this week, but hey, I mean, that's that's good if I, I guess if uh, guys aren't uh, massively dropping. We also have some uh, weekly grading numbers from our friends at gemrate.com. And this is for March 6th or the 12th. Um, so, so kind of a drop all, all through uh, the, the grading community and not quite sure why, but PSA, they graded 233,400 cards. Uh, they were down 14%. So that's that's a pretty big drop for PSA. And SGC, they dropped, they, they graded 27,000 cards and they were up 5%. So uh, SGC has their special going on right there. The special going grading of the 2023 series one. And I'm sure that's one of the reasons why they were up, but they were up uh, 5%. Yeah. Uh, Beckett with a small drop this week, down 20% to 16,600 cards graded and CSG taking a big hit there. 59% drop 13,300 cards graded by them. I mean, still five figures out of all these companies there, but yeah, a little bit of a drop there from those two. Yeah, and I think you know what CSG. I think it's because their sale ended, right? They, they I right. think they they caught up with all the backlog from the sale, and I think I'm sure that's one of the reasons why their their numbers were down uh, this past week. Would you agree? I would think so. I mean, that would make a lot of sense there if they finally got through all that. Which I mean, yeah, the sale ended, you know, a little over a month ago, so makes sense that a month later everything's uh, down a bit. Well, we're in the midst of uh, NFL free agency starting, and really, two the two big names that, that are on the move so far: uh, Jimmy G uh, signing. He is le- leaving the 49ers, going to the uh, Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, with uh, his old coach, right? Josh McDaniels is now going to be his his head coach. Uh, I think it's a good move for J- Jimmy G, don't you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's uh, he's got the ability to start somewhere and who's got the biggest uh, hole in the lineup right now at quarterback seems the Raiders do. I mean, having, you know, getting rid of Carr and everything. So yeah, I think that's a pretty good fit for him. I don't know if, I don't know if his value will increase in uh, Las Vegas, but he certainly will get his last opportunity. This will be his last yeah. starting opportunity. Right. And I think if he shows anything, his value will increase. I mean, he went from like having no value when he was Brady's backup to when he, when everyone thought he was going to be Brady's replacement, his value went straight up and then he did his value dropped again. And then he went to the 49ers and he went to the Super Bowl and his went way up and then he got hurt and went way down again. I don't know. He, he's had a yo-yo of career, but he's made a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Very, very volatile market there in his, uh, in his collectibles for sure. And then the other one, and I, I, I don't know if this is if he's signed the deal yet, but uh, Aaron Rodgers is uh, mo- going to be moving from the Packers to the Jets. I think that's a done deal. Is that is that being officially announced yet? I haven't seen if it's official or not. I know that it's uh, it said it was going to happen, but I don't know if the paperwork's been filed officially yet. But it sounds from everything I'm hearing that it is going to happen at least. So that's yeah, and I think the Jets are going to sign uh, Lazard, the the wide receiver that that played with the uh, with Brad Rogers in Green Bay, and also Reggie Cobb or uh, Randall Cobb. Sorry, yeah, Randall Cobb. So um, two two backers wide receivers going to play with the Jets. Um, I don't know if it's Aaron Rodgers' value can jump anymore. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think he's already reached the peak value on anything. But I mean, this could be an interesting way for him to cap everything off. The Jets had a you know surprisingly good year last year with a couple of top rookies showing up, and so 
getting a great quarterback right there for, uh, especially for, I mean, they had the they drafted quarterback here just the other, uh, what was it? Two years ago now. Yeah. But that's it. I mean, who's better to learn behind though than somebody like Aaron Rodgers? So I think I that's going to be a good well, move for them. Speaking of value, I, um, while I was away, I, I picked up a, a paint man rookie card, PSA oh, seven for $35. Nice. That's Which, uh, what set was it from? uh 2000 or oh, 1998 maybe is that the- yeah, be 98 yeah but like which uh, 98 tops okay nice so it was great it was already great it was a psa 7 um 35 dollars that included shipping and i just said i gotta i don't have i didn't have the card and i, I always wanted it so uh, you can't go wrong with peyton manning rookie card right yeah absolutely i mean if you see one for an affordable price definitely worth picking it up so that remember we were talking the other day about things that I was looking at on, on eBay because I got an eBay uh, gift card. So I, mm-hmm. I I dipped into that. There's one other card that I'm watching. Uh, I should have a couple times I almost bid on it and I didn't because I chickened out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna bid on it. I'll I'll let you know how I did. Um, I know you went to the Dallas show this past weekend. How'd you do there? Well, I came home with thirteen thousand cards. Did you really? Yeah, we. Uh, I was looking through the tables there, uh, just you know, going through, and I picked up some stuff that I needed for sets. I got some uh, seventy-two high numbers, so I'll tell you those real quick here. I was able to get um, got Les Kane, who is a card seven eighty-three, charges twenty-five bucks to sign, so I'm probably not going to be getting it signed anytime soon. Um, got the trio rookie of Tommy Hutton, John Miller, and Rick Miller, two out yep. of three signed there, so I'll be able to get that partially done. I uh, got Bob Berta, who does not sign, but you know, I got to grab him just in case. Joe Horland, non-signer, got to grab him, though, just in case, too. Archie Reynolds, also a non-signer, but grabbing him just in case. Steve Hovley, who, I mean, we've talked about him enough to yeah. know about him. Fingers crossed for Hovley, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll hope he starts again eventually. Got the Rangers team card, so I'm not sure who I'm going to get on that just yet, but I got to look through and see, okay, do they have any coaches at all that were on that team that signed? Anybody that didn't have a card? Any, uh, I don't know, the freaking... GM the uh, the organ player I don't know anybody I'll just look for whoever I yeah, can you know there. what no you might be a good one on that one and you know he signs and I know you have his regular card but mm-hmm. uh, Dick Bosman who we had on the show he actually won the first game mm-hmm. for the Rangers that might be a nice one yeah I usually I try to limit to somebody who doesn't have a card in the regular set so but okay. if worse comes to worse that's a possibility there I picked up the uh, Steve Carlton card just because I didn't have that one yet. Oh, so okay. Not the traded one. one. Do you have the right? Not the one? traded one, just the regular base uh, or lower, lower series one. And I finally got a, it's a bit faded, but the edges and corners look nice. Got the Nolan Ryan picked up there as well. Oh, wow. How so. much did you spend for Ryan? Ryan, uh, the guy's knocked it down to about 50 when I bought the other ones there. So, okay. That's not bad because I mean, I saw some graded at like a PSA four with horrible corners and bad edges that people were asking 55 on. So to get this one, that has got decent corners, decent edges, just faded a little bit. I'll pay that. So how close are you to getting the, having the set? I'm still a lot of big names and uh, high numbers away from having it done. I haven't checked recently. I'll have to, I'll have to get the, get the numbers on that pretty soon though. Um, I also picked up some uh, 78 tops cards. I'm, you know, I'm trying to put the 78 tops set together, just unsigned yep. and everything. So grabbed five that I needed there. I got the Dave Parker, uh, record breakers of Pete Rose and Nolan Ryan. And then the rookies of uh, Jack Morris's rookie card and the uh, Mike Easler rookie card, I guess is the big name out of the four that are on his one. But Oh, good. You got to send the Easler off to get signed? No, just hanging out of that for the set there. So Okay. Yep. So I'm down to only, I think, 16 away from having the uh, 1978 tops set totally done finally, which, I mean... It's all the big names, unfortunately. I still had to get like the Whitaker, the uh, Trammell and Molitor one. Um, who else? Lance Parrish rookie card and yep. uh, Eddie Murray's rookie. So still a few away there. 
Uh, pick up some uh, rookies that I can get signed by mail from some Hall of Fame football players with uh, Leroy Jordan, Jackie Smith, Cliff Harris, and hopeful potential future Hall of Famer Ken Anderson. So grabbed all four of those. And so those will be going out in the mail here in the next couple. Oh, of good. Weeks. Yeah. Well, those are all great. Those guys are all great signers. Yep, exactly. And then the big one was as I was walking around, I came across this table where a guy had, it was eight 3,200 count boxes, just random stuff. And then he said it was all hockey, baseball, and basketball. We sell them 10 bucks a box or take them all for 60. I'm like, all right, that's, that's intriguing right there. And so I asked him about it. I said, you know, like what years are we talking? He said, it's mostly junk era stuff. You're talking, you know, late eighties to about mid nineties or so. He said, it's the last day of the show. I really just don't want to load it up into my, in back into my truck. I'll give it to you for 40. So my friend Aaron, who has been on the show before, and we did the uh, whole road trip together, he was over checking out another table. So I ran down to him. And I said, look, this guy's got the stuff for 60 and like, maybe I'll take a look at it and everything. And that's then later I get the 40 price from him. So I run back and I said, it's 40 bucks. We've split 20, uh, 20 bucks each. He's like, well, we'll do that. So we went ahead and bought those up 20 bucks each and then spent the next like eight hours over in his hotel going through all of them to divide everything up. So what we did is we pulled out all the Rangers alumni guys who have done like some pregame signing stuff with the Rangers, just you yep. know, split all those as evenly as we possibly can. Uh, any big name stuff that came out of there, any uh, really cool stuff we pulled out and put aside as well. And uh, so, yeah, it came away pretty well out of this. I mean, I'll just show you here real quick. The three big ones that I got out of this, an autograph of Real Cormier, who, you know, not exactly a big name or anything, but he died about a year ago. So he's not signing anything anymore at all. Yeah, you can see he, it's a he played with the Expos and the uh, Cardinals and the Red Sox. Yep. yep. Phillies for a bit too. And you can see it's a ballpoint pen signature there. So not great, but I will gladly take that. So that ended up as uh, we did kind of a draft for the, uh, all the good ones there. So. I took uh, that one with my number three draft pick. My number two draft pick was the Pudge Rodriguez 91 Fleer Ultra rookie card. Okay. So that's I th it's one of the few Pudge rookies that I don't have yet. So I wanted to grab that and hopefully I'll get those signed eventually. And my number one pick was, this one was a total surprise that came out of that box. The 93 Tops Derek Jeter rookie card. Oh, wow. That's a good one. Yeah. So uh, really surprised. I mean, when you think like, you know, junk era commons and everything, I'm thinking, okay, it's, you know, it's going to be a whole lot of, well, pretty much junk, as the name would imply. And no, pulled a Jeter rookie out of there. There's an eight, there's the upper deck Jeter rookie there as well, which Aaron took with his first overall pick. A um, couple others, I got rookie cards of Nick Lidstrom and Peter Forsberg. Oh, that was a cool. Yep, a couple base, uh, hockey hall of famers there. Uh, ordinary base cards of Al Kaline and Brooks Robinson. Oh, 70, 74, 74 and 77, yeah. right? Uh, let's see here, a... Uh, 20 was at 13. Yeah, 2013 tops Manny Machado rookie card in there. Okay, that's a good one. That's a, for 20 bucks. So you did great. Yeah. And uh, I mean, along with that, I was able to fill in some set needs for my 89 top set. I'm now only 22 away from having that totally done. Um, I got most of a 1990 Bowman baseball set in there. I think it was 45 cards short on that. So that's a nice start there. A bunch of 93 top stuff. So I can start working on that set there because. Eventually, my ultimate goal is I want to have every Tops base set from 1984 up to the present. And so that kind of gives me a little bit of a start there. At least I can do those. There's a lot of 92 uh, and 94 stadium clubs. So might be able to get some starter sets out of those and trade those off. There's a bunch of 87 Donruss in there. Should be able to make a nice starter set out of that too. So yeah, for 20 bucks, that was a real nice haul. And Aaron got just about the same kind of stuff. He took the two basketball boxes that were in there because I don't really do a whole lot of basketball stuff. So he's Any got those Jordans go in there. Uh, yeah, I actually, we actually ended up each getting about 15 uh, random Jordan cards there. Uh, so, like, there was the uh, 
it was 92 93 the all-star art card right or mvp okay. art card right there so i think we each end up getting one of those so yeah i mean some cool stuff there at least you're the man i told, yeah, I told you you're gonna be diving deep into the dollar the dollar uh <laughs> boxes yeah that was i mean that was a total surprise to come up with that one and so yeah real uh real happy with that got some set needs done got you know some hall of famer rookies yeah nice day see it doesn't hurt you guys if you're going to shows speak up because these guys you know that they, they want to sell their cards that's why they're there so you never know what you're going to find right drew exactly i mean i did not expect to be walking out of there with all that stuff and yeah i mean you know and if you see something that you like don't hesitate to make an offer on something if the price isn't quite right for you i mean aaron got himself a dual jersey card of dirk Nowitzki and steve nash the guy had for 20 bucks asked if he'd take 10 for it. he's like yeah sure why not so you did you get any autographs who was the because there were a lot of guys signing right yeah there were a bunch of guys signing but nobody that i really needed that was worth paying for to me so i didn't go for any of those well i applaud you congratulations that that is a great show hey the um the guys at, at heritage auctions which is ha.com they've got an auction going on through march 25th they've got a, a lot of cool stuff there's a griffey debut signed uh ticket uh, Oakland A's against uh, Dave Stewart, I believe was the pitcher, uh, an Obama 2013 NCA bracket that was filled up by him and signed. That's a bit, that's up uh, for auction. Also complete sets from 1953, 56, and 57 tops. Check it out, Heritage Auction, HA.com. They have all such a cool stuff. Uh, I think I would love to have that Griffey uh, debut signed ticket. Yeah, that would be pretty cool right there. I mean, the tickets have been huge lately. And I mean, debut tickets that are signed, that's just, that's really awesome right there. Well, there's a lot of new releases this week as well. Yeah, we do. Uh, March 15th, we've got, uh, that is today actually, correct? So uh, is that today, March 15th? Yeah. So uh, coming out, we've got the- March. Uh, yes, there you go. So, oh, tomorrow. Okay, well, yeah, when the show comes out though. So there we go, we'll go with that. Uh, 22-23, Donruss Elite Basketball is going to be hitting the shelves. Uh Eight packs, 20 cards per pack, two autographs. You're talking, talking 160 cards total in there, those two autographs. $295 price tag on that one. If you're following the WBC, Tops has a 2023 WBC Golden Stars uh, set. There's 50 cards in the set. They're, they have 20 cards in uh, one pack. There's two inserts and two parallels. Every third box has an autograph, and they're available on Tops' website. They're going for about 30 bucks. Check that out at uh, Tops.com. Got a Bowman Inception Baseball for 2022 coming out. That's uh, two autographs in there and a 100-card base set, $165 for a box. Uh, Panini Prism Football, the 2022 Panini Prism Football is out. You get 12 cards, 12 packs, two autos. There's a 300-card base set and, unfortunately, $740 for that. I can't believe the price of Prism now. It's just unbelievable. But Panini Prism Football is out, $740 for a hobby box. Well, Drew, I think that wraps up uh, Hobby Happenings. Um, I had, you know, Let's get right into our interview, okay? I had the, right. the opportunity to interview Kanal Chopra, who is the CEO of Beckett. We talked to Kanal about what's been going on at Beckett, all such a cool, exciting stuff that's going on with Beckett, including they have a, um, a new corporate headquarters and all sorts of other new stuff, including um, authenticating and grading tickets. We talked to him about that. We also talked to him. He's uh, approaching 10 months on the job. So we talked to him about what's been going on um, at Beckett. And he also, he, he has a, a breaking news, news. We have a news flash, a, a new release for new uh, news flash from Beckett. So stick around at the end of uh, my interview with Canal Chopra. Please enjoy uh, my time with Canal Chopra. 
This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee, csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. Collecting trading cards can be expensive, but grading doesn't have to be. You can now grade your cards for as low as $12 a card with CSG. Get your sports cards in the industry's best and clearest holders. CSG also offers amazing customer service, fast turnaround times, and accurate, consistent grading. Plus, get access to the CSG registry and compete against other collectors for the best collections. Go to csgcards.com to start protecting your personal collection today. Save $10 off a yearly membership to CSG with code TTMCAST. Get your favorite cards into the industry's best holder for even less. Save $10 off your membership with code TTMCAST at csgcards.com. I'd like to welcome a very special guest. Uh, he is CEO of Beckett. His name is Kanal Chopra. He started as CEO in June of 2022, so he's approaching his first year on the job. There's so many exciting things happening with Beckett. I thought it'd be a good idea to kind of catch up with Kanal, talk about what's going on at Beckett, and uh, look into the future and see, see what they have in plan. So welcome to the program, Kanal. Thank you, Jeff. It's so good to see you again. And thank you for having me on the show once again. Well, you know, as we said, you're approaching your first year on the job as CEO of Beckett. Um, what has surprised you most about our, about our hobby? <laughs> a lot, a lot. In some, you know, and a lot of them in a very good way, right? Like one big thing, I think I've said that before, and my, my view hasn't really changed about the hobby is that it's such a community-driven hobby. It's one of those industries where, you know, the community is so strong and the community can really dictate, you know, where they want to see the products and services that companies like Beckett put out there. And so they have a very strong voice. The community has a very strong voice. And it's very important for others listening as well as to pay attention to that community. And, and it's a very important um, thing, I believe, and an advantage that, you know, companies like us have is that our, our, our customers are are, are voicing their opinions, our customers are giving feedback on a regular basis. I've been to many other industries, Amazon, Microsoft, all these places. Yep. Um, and I haven't seen sort of that tight-knit a group as, as opposed to the collectibles community. So that's that's been really, really, really good to see. Yeah, on I mean, the our, flip side, I've also... Yeah, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, on, our, on the whole, our hobby is kind of vocal, right? We as, as, a, vocal? as, a, as a group, we kind of tell people what we like and, and we know what we like and what we don't like and uh do you got do you guys do a lot of um one-on-one -on -one, uh surveying of customers and and in yes. finding out what what they're looking for yes no we certainly the way we get feedback from from our customers from hobbyists from collectors is you know one of course we just listen social media there's just so much chatter there's so much information out there about you know what they like what they don't like customer service issues blah 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 so we're able to you know of course glean a lot of the information from there so that's one source of getting data but then we also do a, we, we have very curated sources of getting data as well we we bring collectors to our offices in Dallas we'll sit down with them we'll ask them questions we'll talk about directions that we are potentially going in you know ideas that we have and we'd get to get their feedback and say you know well, how would you react to this and you know what, what would that look like uh, so there's different avenues on how we collect data. we send surveys out to collectors we get information through through them so we, we talk to the dealers directly we, so we get access to a customer base through dealers so yeah it's a, it's a combination of uh, just gleaning data 
and uh, from all these different sources and then making conclusions on what's best to, uh, you know, as, as next steps. Are you surprised at the influx of, of capital into the into the hobby from outside the hobby? Uh, people looking at the hobby as a great investment potential and uh, there's, there seems to be a lot of growth still out there. Is, is that is that something you expected coming into the, the hobby? So when I came into the hobby, I'd already seen some of that happen. And that was also part of the attraction, you know, for me to come into the hobby to 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 finally see that this this industry, this hobby has been taken more seriously. And, you know, it was very fragmented in the past. Uh, you know, there was a lot of small players, uh, you know, a lot of hobby stores, a few online, you know, folks, certainly the big grading companies uh, out there. Uh, but by and large, you know, we, we, had, we hadn't seen the kind of innovation that we are seeing in, in the hobby over the last day, two or three years, ever since the pandemic hit. I think the pandemic bump that we saw in terms of the volume that was coming in for grading to all the grading companies uh, got the eyes and the attraction of everyone else right? and said, wow, there's an industry here that we've totally missed. Let's put in some more capital. Let's let's get you know the innovation going. Let's you know acquire companies. Let's turn around companies. Let's start companies. So there's been a lot of that. So I'm, not, I'm not surprised. Um, and I, I just think this is this is a good thing, right? Like you know, the 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 fact that you get in external capital is just going to be good for where we can take this hobby as a, as a group and you know and what what we can do with it and you know and and serve collectors globally and not just you know focus on the niche that maybe it was initially so um, i'm positive i'm positive about all these changes you're building a team there beckett and uh, you know i've been watching from afar as fanatics kind of builds their team as well um it seems like they're you, you and them are bringing in a lot of people from outside the, the hobby, so to speak, and bringing a different perspective that uh, I, I think will be beneficial to the whole to the hobby as a whole. Would you agree? Yes. So I'm a, I'm a firm believer in in a very diverse workforce, right? And when I say diverse, I mean diversity of thought and experiences. And and when you bring diverse people together. Uh, my firm belief is that you can do fantastic, wonderful, great things. You can you can innovate. You can you can think outside the box. And 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 so I really I truly believe that you know Beckett in and I'll speak for Beckett here. Beckett has had the 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 awesome collector for many many years. We know grading. We have tons of collectors in the office. Uh, we know what it takes to grade cards. You know we know the the hobby. We know you know the subcategories within the hobby. What we had been missing over the last year is, you know, that diversity is, you know, now, you know, do you understand tech? Do you understand how to build the right, you know, consumer experience on a website? You know, yeah. do you know what it takes to build the right systems internally so that we can speed up the grading process? You know, do we have the right operators, you know, internally? Do we have the right training program for graders in the future? And let's bring some external trainers in who know what it takes to really train graders. So those are the kind of things that, you know, we were missing as Beckett. And we're not trying to just bring in and complement the existing teams with uh, with everything that we had going on. Do you think as a as a hobby or an industry, they're interchangeable. Do you think we're still in a growth mode? And are you seeing a changing of demographics? It's no longer the, you know, the 55-year-old guy that's collecting the cards. Do you think the, the demographics has changed? Oh, yeah, uh, 100%, 100%. So, you know, you certainly have the... Uh, you know the 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 older generation uh, collectors who there's nostalgia. 
there's you know the, the, the more traditional quintessential hobbyists you know as as we call them but yeah there's a completely new breed you know influenced by more digital ways of operating social media you know and and, and etc and so there's certainly been been that and the way we look at like our customer customer base very very specifically and I'll talk about again I'll talk about Beckett very specifically in Beckett's case we look at four sort of personas of collectors. Uh, one is the new collector, you know, the, the one that you just talked about, like someone yep. that's younger, maybe even a canal might, you know, fall there because he's new to the hobby. He doesn't know what it takes to collect, you know, uh, kind of got introduced last year to the hobby, uh, but is very interested, is excited. And so, you know, what would it take to introduce this person? Number two is the hobbyist that you've, that you've known of, you know, the folks who've been in this industry for a long time, um, you know, there's sentimental value, etc. Number three is the investor. Now you have the investors, you know, coming in as well, who are saying, well, this is an investment opportunity for me. You know, what would it take for me to just become more of an investor? Can I, can I buy a card? Can I grade it? Can I flip it? You know, so there's that. And then the fourth is the dealer or the more B2B, the more corporate sort of side of things. And so we look at like the hobbyist, the, the hobby as across these four personas of, you know, new hobbyist investor and dealers. And, you know, Beckett, at least our view is, you know, how do we serve these, these four personas of collectors? Do you think, do we see one group growing uh, faster than the other group? So they're all kind of, they're all kind of uh, growing at the, about the same rate. Uh, so I, I think the new collector, in my view, at least in our view, is, you know, the new collector group is certainly growing. Hobbyists and dealers have always been around, right? Like they've been around, you know, for, for the, the two new entrants have been the new collectors and the investors. Yep. Those two groups have been sort of new to the market. And I think there you'll see some growth there uh, for sure. You'll certainly see the investors coming in and the new collectors and, you know, and uh, a good leading indicator to that is, you know, just all the manufacturing that's happening through uh, through the through the companies, and you know they're pumping out cards, and that's exciting to all the new collectors. Of course, to the hobbyists and others too, but certainly to the new collectors. You guys moved into a new corporate headquarters over the late spring, early summer, right? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, why don't I do this? You want me to walk you around a little bit and show? <laughs> yeah, you, show, you can give we'll, us a virtual. We'll tour. do it live. We'll kind of we'll kind of talk it out. Um, well, you know, as the, as the collector, what are some of the benefits that that the collector's seeing in this beautiful beautiful new, new building still, that you, looks like you can play street hockey in? <laughs> still, still, still getting developed, still getting developed. But you know, a lot of uh, a lot of our core operations, as you can see, is is right here. So the yeah, no, uh, it's nice. Uh, no, it's it's really um, wide open. It seems it's conducive for teamwork. To yours, interaction. the guy. The guy here that you see, yeah, his name is Dave Poole. Hey, he Dave. The, the, all, all, the cards, all, the, all the cards coming into the building, his team run, grades. He owns and runs BGS. So yeah. he's the man. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Dave, we'll have to get Dave on one time, okay? You talk grading. Yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta talk grading with him. I'm sure he'll tell you. We've got some exciting stuff coming around grading that we're gonna announce at the Mint Collective, you know, this uh, this month. I'll tell you. We'll certainly talk a little bit about that. Uh, but uh, yeah, Jeff, to answer your question very specifically, what we have done here is we've tried to operationalize the process, and that's where that's where this new office has really helped us. Is you know very clearly as cards or other items come into the door. You know, what is that entire process, uh, you know, how it sort of moves through the entire workflow all the way to shipping out back to the collector. 
We also have a great drop-in center here that we have created. So you can come into the door here at the Dallas headquarters, at the Plano headquarters. You know, there's uh, there's someone that'll greet you in the front. There are computers set out there. You can you can you know you can go and fill everything in. Um, drop your cards off. You can wait if you want to get them graded. You can, you know, uh, or you can drop them off. So we've sort of operationalized and professionalized the entire process of, you know, cards and other items coming in. You, you know, when we first, when we talked last year, uh, Beckett and a lot of the other grading companies were having a problem with backlog, right? They're having trouble just getting getting cards into the building and out of the building. Uh, it, se- it, it seems like you solved that problem and you've caught up with the backlog and are, are kind of moving forward and meeting your, your 30-day deadlines, right? Correct. Yes, we have. Um, you know, the backlog is done. We have increased our capacity of grading as well. So as cards come in, we're able to turn them around. You know, within the timelines that we have committed to to our customers. Uh, and so that that's all been good. In fact, we're developing a little bit of a backlog now, which is a good thing. You know, that which means you know more more cards coming in our door, and there's you know there's a lot lot more to do. But that's the whole point of having this this space and operationalizing some of the processes here. Yeah. You made purchases of acquisitions of Do Dilly and Noakes. What what do they bring to the table, and uh, how how has the collector reacted to to these acquisitions? Yeah, so Knox is completely changing into a new brand, which we we call Beckett Collect. It has been in testing over the last few months. We finished the acquisition. I think September or October of last year. So since then, we've been working on integrating. Knox, which will be which will be called Beckett Collect into the Beckett database. So it's going to be the most comprehensive collection management system that collectors will get access to. Uh, that's fully backed by the Beckett database, which we all know is already you know pretty pretty comprehensive um, as a whole. At Mint Collective, that's going to be fully live. There'll be a completely free version for collectors to get access to, and if they want you know some more advanced features, more access to data. They can they can pay for a premium version as well. So that that's hap- that's one piece, and then the second piece where where Delhi comes into play is look you know I'm a firm believer in innovation and technology, and you know at some point of time we have to look at you know where can AI and artificial intelligence really assist the grading process, mm-hmm. not replace the grading process, but assist the grading process. How can we increase productivity of the graders here so that we can support you know, really large volumes, And we can support that at turnaround times that probably no one else in the industry can offer. And that's really the mission of Doodley's acquisition is to introduce AI into our grading process, not to replace the grader, but really to assist them with the right tools and the data so that they can move through cards quicker and we can improve our turnaround times for graders. And in turn, it makes, uh, collect, it makes it easy for collectors to organize their collection right through using the the tools that uh, Beckett has to offer exactly you know you'll you'll see very soon that through Beckett collect you're able to snap a card put it directly into your collection we will pre-grade it automatically and tell you maybe this is an approximate grade that you might get you can submit it directly for grading from there we've got a beautiful online submission form right now you can submit everything through that so this this integrated end-to-end process is what uh, is what you know we're 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 working towards and just comprehensively creating this ultimate customer experience for for the collector community is really what our mission is. Has the collector been 
acceptance of using the Beckett marketplace and and the Beckett vault, which is kind of still both they're still kind of fairly new. Has that uh, has that been gaining acceptance by uh, you know the Beckett you the Beckett customer and the and new customers? Yeah, Wall. So let's talk about both of them because Beckett Marketplace has been, you know, a product that has been around for for a long time, and you know, it, it it's mostly been a dealer focused product. Right, and but it's surprising... it's really changed in the last year, right? It really has grown and to what it used to be. Correct. Yes. So it's grown a lot, and then I don't know if you you know you 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 know this or the community knows this, but. Uh, we used to call, we used to have a product called Beckett Accelerate, and uh, what Accelerate does is it actually uses all your listings from the Beckett marketplace, but then also pushes them to other marketplaces, so to eBay, to Fanatics, to Amazon, and uh, we are also in the process of rejiggering that to give more advanced collectors, maybe even dealers out there, all the tools they need to manage their collection. So if you have this huge collection, you have like thousands of cards and you're trying to sell them on different marketplaces, let us give you that listing tool. Let us give you the data. Let's package all that for you in a set that can just help you grow your business. So, so in you, know, turn, that, in terms, that uh, you can you can actually have items in the Beckett marketplace, but they also can be listed on eBay or, or uh, CWCC or, or any of the other marketplaces. There you go. There you go. There you go. So you use, you use Beckett as your one-stop shop. You hold your collection there. You price everything using the Beckett data. And then, boom, it's you know pushed to all these different marketplaces. One of the neat things that makes Beckett stand out, I think, is the authentication of autographs. And uh, re recently, you've yep. added the grading and authentication of ticket and ticket stubs. Um, was that is that a was that a difficult market to get involved in a, a different segment to get involved in? Um, just because of the, all the different ticket stubs and tickets that are out there, it must be hard to authenticate those. Yeah, we've. I mean, you know, it all comes down to having the right team in place, right? Like, you know, the good news about again the investments that we made last year, which is we operationalized our Beckett trading services for cards and then adding on new categories like comics, like tickets, like VHS, is just piggybacking of the existing operational workflow. It's piggybacking of the existing systems. So that's been good. So we've got that piece covered. Then it comes down to your team. You know, do you have the right graders in place? We actually have one of the leading graders of the industry now, you know, with us, uh, Steve, who's our head lead ticket grader. Um, and so, you know, he's been sort of driving this process. He's been doing it pretty much all his life. He's been, he's been collecting tickets since he was a child. And so, you know, it's been more than 30 years since he's been in this industry. He knows he knows tickets left and right. So, you know, given that we've had the operational processes in place and then having the right team, I think it, it wasn't too hard for us, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've thought that um, ticket stubs and, and tickets have been underserved as a collectible. And I think I think uh, there's certainly a lot of growth in that in the last year. And I, I think that's going to continue because I think people want to hold a piece of history and to have the the first hit by Jackie Robinson or Mickey Mantle's 500th home run or a no hitter. Or, you know, I, I, I was talking to a collector the other day. He's collecting every ticket stub from Carlton Fist, every game that Carlton Fist played in. That's 2,499 tickets. So I think, I Able. think it's a, it's a great segment of the hobby. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of segments, um, we also focused a lot on TCG this past, say, few months yep. we've launched our we've launched beckett tcg on social media recently as well as a completely separate account 
and you know just to focus on the TCG collector and focus on that segment of the market. So that's also been you know very exciting, and we're we're seeing some good good promise there. Yeah, it's very big in my house. My son is a huge Dragon Ball collector, so he <laughs> he loves go. Dragon Ball. Um, you know, what I, I was going to ask you about the the slabs. You know, your slabs, and if there's any changes that you for, foresee uh, coming to your slabs, or do you uh, foresee having UV resistant uh, slabs, or yep. a, a new slab, or, or even a new label? Yep, yep, coming soon. <laughs> so yeah, asking are... you should receive, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've we've heard that from the community, you know, to to the point that we were making early on around, you know, how the community has been vocal around, you know, they don't like some of our labels, uh, they don't like, you know, even our slabs. And so, yeah, all that's in the work. Uh, I would say by say end Q, closer to end of Q2, you'd see the new slabs, but by the end of Q1 at the Mint Collective, you'll start seeing uh, the new labels. Um, and and you know some of some of that I don't want to reveal too much, but you'll you'll see yeah, no, it. I, I, I know I understand. Uh -huh. I know you can't you can't let let too much out of the bag. Um, yeah. You know, I, I want to congratulate you guys. Just finished another round of funding, so you have you have some uh, funds at your disposal. Uh, are you earmarking that for technology? You're marking that for new acquisitions or new operations? Do you do you have do you have a, a set plan for for the, all the new funds that that you're uh, are secured in the last all, couple months all, yeah all the funds that we've raised have been it's a combination of everything uh, in my opinion beckett really at some level needed a little bit of a reset you know we needed to innovate more we needed to improve our turnaround times we needed to hire more graders we needed to completely improve our brand presence out there in the market we needed to do more partnerships uh, we needed to innovate you know, internally from a technology perspective, you know, like our new website and and the submission center and like all that, uh, we need to build Knox and Doodly and AI. So really at some level, you know, the funds are being used across the board, right? It's, yeah. You know, it's like every aspect of the business is going to get investment and 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 growth opportunities. So uh, yeah, that that's where we are, to be honest. Yeah, guys, to guys if in. you haven't been to Beckett's website, their new website is fantastic it's very usable and very user-friendly so i think you guys did a great job on uh revamping the website that's what about maybe six months right well, yeah we started at last the last um i think the last july or so is when we we launched the first version we did some testing and it's just been refining it since then but it's you know become much more comprehensive it's not done yet there's a lot more to do but uh, you know it's certainly much more modern than what you know people are typically used to you know from from beckett and it's 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 more sort of targeting again those four four personas that that i that i spoke about you you mentioned partnerships could you just review for the listeners uh some of the partnerships that you you have in place and, and uh what that brings to the table for a potential you know for one for your customers yeah yeah i mean look we've got multiple partnerships you know we obviously have the big ones with you know pwcc with heritage you know with the, with the with the large auction houses but we're also looking into sort of other kinds of partnerships like other marketplaces like for example we did one with real real uh, last year we are currently working on one with ebay right now so it's it's like wherever we can access collectors and get access to the collector community is really our goal you know we want to build the platform to serve collectors now we distribute that platform to collectors either directly to collectors or through these different partnerships and partnerships are so important in my view to 
to help us bridge the gap between you know what Beckett can do on its own versus what we can combined do for the community. So um, yeah, so many many in the works, but certainly the big ones like PWCC Heritage etc. You know continue to, to thrive and they they're doing they're doing great with us. No, it was nice from the collective standpoint. If you could comment on it, um, kind of the, the the price. I don't want to say price war, but um, the the adjusting of price pricing on a grading level by all the companies. I think all the companies came, brought pricing kind of in line and made it a little more affordable. Would you agree? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think you know the the uh, more than affordable. I would say it's gone back to the original levels. <laughs> To what they were, so uh, the pricing sort of took off in a very big way during the pandemic. Uh, it was because of the supply-demand mismatch yeah. that we, you know, that we that we spoke about. There's just too much demand out there relative to relative to what grading companies could support. And so, guess what? The answer to that is let's raise the price. <laughs> and and so that's that's what happened. I think it's just leveling off now. You know, the the market as a whole, the industry as a whole, is leveling off to pre-pandemic levels. It's going through, you know, it's still growing, but sort of more modest as opposed to the spikes that we saw. Um, so, you know, I think prices are just leveling back off to 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 original levels, in my view, and readjusting like Beckett is now. We don't want to we don't want to go too low on price, and that, you know, and 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 of course, you know, dilute our brand, and that's also important, you know. So, we've got to find the right balance where we're serving the community, but at the same time, making sure that we keep the right price point to keep and preserve the Beckett brand. We're speaking with Kanal Chopra. Kanal is CEO at Beckett, Beckett.com. You can go on to, there's a free newsletter you can sign up for. The great, great, they do all everything from grading to grading ticket stubs and cards and uh, comic books now and all sorts of other cool stuff. They have uh, great um, content on their, their site. Great, a lot of, a lot of, um, I love the checklists and the the reviews and when you know the short prints and all that kind of stuff. You guys do a great job, uh, kind of keeping track of all Thank that you. and and keeping everyone informed. So I, I recommend you guys check that out. Uh, Canal, uh, you know, I know it's you can't let everything out of the bag, but um, you know what what are we expecting to see up until uh, up through the national and and uh, is there anything that you can let us know about that you might have planned for the national this year in Chicago? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to let you out on one big offering that that Beckett is coming out with. And this is going to be, um, you know, pretty new. As you know, Beckett is always known for its uh, subgrade product. You know, people typically yep. submit to Beckett for its subgrades. That's what the collector community loves about uh, us. And we do a good job you know, relative to others when it comes to subgrades. But there is a big market for you know, non-subgrade products as well. And you know, we are completely re have rethought that product uh, from scratch. And I'm going to announce today that we are launching something called Beckett Select um, in the near future, which is going to be Beckett's non-subgrade product. Um, um, and very excited to share once we are closer with that, uh, you know, very soon. And it's going to be at a very modest price point, not compared to our subgrade pro uh, product today, you know, in the nine, ten, twelve dollar range. So it's going to be, you know, very affordable uh, for everyone. And you know, then clearly collectors can decide if they want subgrades, they don't want, you know, which which offering. Uh, so yeah, uh, Beckett Select coming soon. That, thank you. That's very exciting. Canal, I really appreciate your time today. I know you're a busy man, and it was great to just catch up with you. I, you know, as I said, I think I love what you guys are doing. I think you guys are going in the right direction, and, and uh, there's a lot of cool things that, that we can look forward to from Beckett, and I, and I, you know, I appreciate your time today. Thank you. I appreciate it, Jeff. Always a pleasure.
All right. Be good. Well, Drew, uh, I think uh, Canal uh, has really put Beckett on the right path. I think they, there's a lot of new stuff that they've got uh, in the works. Uh, you know, they've, they they have their marketplace that they've cleaned that they they've cleaned up, and they're all, all sorts of cool stuff, new website, and uh, just a lot of new things happening with with Beckett. I think uh, uh, he's put Beckett in the right direction, don't you? Absolutely. I mean. I think it's definitely they need somebody who ha, who's very tech minded to take over the lead, to take over leadership there. And he definitely is. He's done a lot with all that. So, yeah, I think this is this is a really good move for Beckett. And I'm hoping to see it continue uh, to continue success for them. Well, I want to thank Canal for joining us. Guys, Saturday, this Saturday coming up on TTM Cast, our, our regular podcast. I had uh, we, we have Sean Smith in Collector's Corner. Sean is the biggest Mickey Rivers collector out there he is also the new general manager for um jet blue park uh fenway south he's he's managing the the facility down here in florida so we talked to him a little about that and we also talked to him about his love for mickey rivers he has all for 500 mickey rivers things drew I, I, you know when, when you pick out a guy i mean mickey is a pretty good guy but sean just gravitated towards him and he's a super collector you know yeah I, de- like, I definitely get that. I mean, I've got my Corey Snyder stuff here. So I, I was going to say, you got it. You got a Corey Snyder thing. Why don't you, uh, you add it to your Corey Snyder collection. Why don't you throw out that for a second? Yeah. Got the, uh, got my 250th uh, Corey Snyder card now as I uh, picked up the 1985 Topps Tiffany card, the uh, U.S. Olympic team card there. Had to pay a little bit more than I was hoping to, but still, I've got that at least. It puts me at 250. And yeah, I mean, it's a nice milestone there because now in the uh, Super Collectors Unite group on Facebook, I can finally get on their board there of official super collectors. Well, I sent a, a TTM request to Corey, I don't know, about a week ago. I haven't heard anything back from him yet, but hopefully in the next couple of weeks, I'll get a TTM request. So, uh, so this Saturday, guys, Sean Smith, Mickey Rivers, super collector. We also have Les Wolf. We're going to talk to Les about uh, everything that's been going on in the hobby. Next week on TTM Cast one-on-one, we have Otto Moore. Otto Moore played uh, center in the NBA. He was the sixth pick in the NBA draft with the Detroit Pistons. He also played with a, a bunch of uh, other teams, and he has the um, – distinction i guess of play, this playing in the second most regular season games without appearing in a playoff <laughs> he played with the utah jazz he played with kansas city omaha kings he played with some, some really tough teams but we talked to Otto about his time in the nba that will be next week um drew anything else before we, we before we close the show out no i think that's everything uh, i've gotten a few ttms but i'll wait until saturday to talk about all those because that's that's just how we do it typically. Yep. So yeah, yeah. You know, and, and the one thing we'll let, let let's uh, we we can tease this one right because you got a nice TTM uh, return from Brooks Robinson. I did. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah. Well, I'll talk more about that. But I did indeed get Brooks Robinson. I think I'm finally all set on him, unless I come across a rookie card for cheap. All right, guys. Well, thank you, Drew. Guys, I wish everyone many happy returns. We will see you on Saturday. Have a have a great uh, rest of the week. I'll be flying back to Boston tomorrow. Unfortunately, there's like a I don't know nine inches of snow on the ground today. I'm not. I'm dreading it. But we will. I'll be back in Boston, and we will have our regular show on Saturday. We'll see you on Saturday. Be good. Yeah.